0: Good morning, and welcome to the ALC Daily Podcast. My name is Jared Pollard, and I am the Youth and Worship Pastor here at Abundant Life Church. This podcast is intended to impart faith and courage for us to become the hands and feet of Jesus in our everyday lives. We truly believe that the best is yet to come. Good morning, and welcome to the ALC Daily Podcast. My name is Pastor Jared Pollard. And this is Pastor Benjamin Davis. So glad that you guys are with us today. We are pre-recording these. And so we try not to talk about things, date specifically, but today is May the 4th Be With You. May the 4th Be With You. And so it's significant enough to mention. It's pretty wonderful.
1: This is for all the people that missed May the 4th. That's right. And the 4th was not with them. Mark it it on your calendar for next year. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. It's It's like a, a, it's a holiday. It's a growing movement. May Mm -hmm. the 4th Be With You.
0: You know, all those weird holidays, you have no idea what they are on the U.S. (laughs) calendar. Pretty soon,
1: May the 4th is going to be on that list. Oh, that's going to have deep meaning to me when it appears on there. Absolutely. I don't, you know, have you tried to get rid of those things? Like all these (laughs) calendar events that are popping up on my account that you know they're growing. Yeah, yep, they're getting more and more. And I I can't get rid of them. I'm like, I don't want to see that (laughs) calendar event. (laughs) I guess it's got to be on there. (laughs) I guess
0: so. So I've got a question for you, uh and I think this will set the theme. Oh, here we go. How did Anakin become a force ghost? In Star Wars, a force ghost? Yeah, you know, like Obi Wan and Yoda, they show up with the blue line. Oh, They're yeah. Force oh, ghost. Okay. okay. All so, right. if he was a Sith, how did he become a force
1: ghost? He converted <gasps> over mm. at the end of his life. He so are, found grace and mercy and converted to the light side. I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh huh. Do you think he had hope after his failure? I feel like he had hope after his deep dark failure. Mm -hmm. His was deeper and darker than most because he killed all the Jedi. That's true. So like, you know, and killed Jedi children. Yeah. Yeah. But there's hope. If, if there's hope for Anakin, there's hope for you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So star Wars can (laughs) preach. We've set this up. We're talking about hope after failure. Hope week.
1: after failure, only we're using a Bible guide.
0: I, I can't think of a better intro than that right
1: there. I can't either. Oh, that's right. So we were discussing in our small group this morning, uh, one of our uh, people brought up that the first word of the Lord to Samuel, I think it was seven years old?
0: Seven or eight. I
1: seven think, or eight yeah. was... was I am going to perform massive judgment on all of the household of Eli the priest. <laughs> oh, boom! Seven years old. That's the word. Of the, that's that's your introduction to God. Is speak, Lord, I'm listening. <laughs> and it did shape his life. He became a massive repentance prophet, meaning mm. the rest of his life was spent telling the people to repent. Mm. Um, and so we're, we're going to use his story where. Um God was historically set up as I will be the king of my people, Israel, therefore you don't need a king. Mm-hmm. I'm your king. That was the way it set up with Moses. Mm-hmm. And as long as they had a relationship with the Lord, God would be king and he was raise, he would raise up princes or leaders mm-hmm. underneath him mm-hmm. to lead his people. But what happened was that the people of God got to a place where they said, we are tired. Mm -hmm. Of doing things this way. Mm -hmm. Give us a king. And the way they said it was the ultimate loser. (laughs) What they said was, give us a king who will fight our battles for us Mm -hmm. so we don't have to fight them. Yeah. Now, this is the ultimate anti-faith, anti-God, anti-trust, anti-Holy Spirit action. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it was the ultimate anti-faith, anti-God, anti-trust, anti-Holy Spirit action? Well, we want to be sufficient in ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't want to need you anymore. Yeah. Or we want that guy to need you, but we don't want to need you. That's exactly right. (laughs) I want to live independently from God, is what they're saying. So I need somebody else to solve my problems for me. Mm -hmm. So... Give me a bigger United States government that would give me more (laughs) stimulus checks to solve my problems for me. More, Lord. More, Lord. (laughs) So so this was the ultimate sin. So what Samuel did was he said, I need you to know how bad this sin was. Mm. So as a prophet of repentance, he pulled a number that I've never tried. (laughs) But I might. (laughs) But he... but he pulled a number of what he said. Uh, we're over in First uh, Samuel chapter 12, where Samuel says, I need you to know how bad this sin was. Mm-hmm. And so for you to know, he says, today is the day you're going to harvest all your wheat, right? Mm-hmm. They said, yeah. He said, I'm going to ask God to make it rain and, and just destroy <laughs> ah. it all. <laughs> and, uh, now, when sometimes when you read these Bible passages you think, what if I was there? <laughs> and sometimes you read these dumb places in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's dumb because what they could have done is said, no, Samuel, we know how bad the sin was. You don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. But instead, it, there's silence on the other end. <laughs> so Samuel calls down. He says, Lord, send rain. Yeah, And it says it rained and thundered and their entire year's crop was at risk. Mm-hmm. So then they cried out and said, Mm -hmm. oh, please tell the Lord to stop. And he did. He said, okay, Lord, please stop the rain. And it did. And it was Samuel's way of getting them to recognize the gravity of their Mm -hmm. sin. Why do you think we need to know the gravity of our sin? We need to know that we need a Savior. Yeah. We got to know that we are not it. That's we ha- it.
0: We haven't arrived.
1: If you don't know the gravity of your sin, you're likely to repeat it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. You go around that mountain again and again. I just and do. A, again. I just do a little bit of porn. Mm. You know. Yeah. I just use a little bit of. You know. I, I just smoke a little bit of pot to go to mm-hmm. sleep. Or I just. I just. Um, dabble. I, dabble here. Dabble there. I just dabble a little bit in a mm. Ouija board. I, I just. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? I just. Uh, yeah. I dabble a little bit in homosexuality. Mm. Did you? You want to hear an interesting stat? Here we go. Uh, I was at a pastor's cohort, and uh, there is now a significant belief that the movement of homosexuality in America at its base has witchcraft
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, at its core. And and where that's coming from is converts who were leaders in the homosexual movement
0: mm-hmm.
1: are saying they were there, mm-hmm. and that it, at, the, at its core is people active in witchcraft wow. promoting this movement. And at first I'm like, Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of conspiracy theorist Mm. to me. But then there was a youth pastor there who has ministered at the thousands level, Mm. meaning his his youth gatherings are in the thousands. Mm. And he brought in a guy that had converted out of homosexuality into living for Jesus. Mm. And this guy preaches and whatnot. So they gave an altar call. And um, in the altar call, they said, all right, youth, Mm. if you are in homosexuality or you've dabbled in homosexuality, Mm. this is for you. I want you to get free. Mm. And what he told us was 85% of his crowd responded to that altar call. That's crazy. 85, Mm. I need to say that again, 85% of Mm. youth responded to that altar call. Mm. Now that tells you. Now, so at that point, I'm looking at the fruit, and I am saying maybe there is a root that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is a deeper root mm-hmm. of witchcraft that is releasing demonic spirits mm-hmm. on our youth, mm-hmm. that is attacking them in ways we don't understand. Wow. Um, because the fruit reveals the root, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so. Th- I don't know how I even got off on this. Oh, the gravity of your sin. <laughs> yeah. If you don't understand the gravity of your sin. Yeah. Um, see, because I just kind of looked at it from a perspective of, I mean, it's on all the shows now. Mm-hmm. You know, Hallmark came out mm-hmm. and and got into that, that public battle, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, finally, what they did was they fired the CEO mm-hmm. that flubbed it. And they put in a CEO that says, we will put a homosexual scene in every Hallmark show. And it was it was public. He said he was going to do it before he did it. Mm-hmm. So now every Hallmark show has to have a uh, a homosexual relationship. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it it's it's in everything. So I just thought maybe it was cultural, but mm-hmm. to, but seeing that kind of fruit makes me ask the question: Is there a deeper root than we understood? Yeah. So, but the issue is is that if we don't understand the gravity of our sin, mm-hmm. we really our repentance is shallow. Yeah. So or, it, or non-existent or non-existent yeah. right so what David I mean what, what's, what Samuel was doing was I need you to understand the gravity of your sin so in mm-hmm. your case you need to experience your whole wheat harvest mm. getting wiped out talk about a whooping that's a whooping. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, Lord, talk to me in my dreams. Mm-hmm. Talk to me in my devotions. Make talk me, to me through my wife. Make me uncomfortable. Yeah, but... t- yeah, talk to me through my pastor. <laughs> Anything but that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> man. Just show me where I need to repent, mm. you know, and uh, and yeah. I'll do it, you know. Yeah. And uh, you want to hear a little story? Here we go. So uh, some years ago, uh, I, had, I had a little situation where... Uh, there was a person that wronged me, you know, and and it was it was a little while after that. I was in a social gathering, and they were sit, seated at my table, and uh, and they wanted to talk about this, that, and the other thing, and socialize and whatnot. But I saw an opportunity to talk about all that God was doing at Abundant Life <laughs> in their absence, and so I. Very gently changed all the conversation, and and uh, talked about all that God was doing it, uh, and and basically ended up shutting all their mouth down, mm. and and really never let it go back there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it seems harmless enough, right? Mm. Well, that night, as my head hits my pillow <laughs> and I'm falling off to the sleep, I'm just about asleep. The Holy Spirit speaks to me. That's the worst. And he says <laughs> he says these words. He says. You took a little revenge there, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Boom, you're wide awake at that point. (laughs) Sleep ruined. (laughs) You know, God doesn't need to send a hailstorm to wipe out my wheat harvest. He just Mm -hmm. needs to take about an hour of sleep away. Mm -hmm. And that's all it takes for me, you know. (laughs) So I, you know, I said, oh, Lord, you're right. I'm so sorry. Forgive Mm -hmm. me. Repent. You know, Mm -hmm. recognize the gravity of your sin. And, and then repent and, and the forgiveness and the grace always comes, right? Mm. So, um, so in this case, what we want to talk about is hope after you have sinned, hope after you have failed, mm. hope after you've blown it and man gives you no hope. Mm. God always gives you hope. So mm-hmm. Samuel calling down the rain on their wheat harvest was to try to give them recognize the gravity of your sins so God can start providing hope for you Mm. in your repentance. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they did repent, um, but they did have a king at this point. Mm. So so it's interesting. It's not that God always takes you back before the sin. It's just he'll redeem the current situation. Mm. So by this time, they got King Saul, Mm -hmm. okay, because they asked for a king. So the first hope, and this is today's podcast is, is Samuel says, well, if you want... God to redeem this thing, develop a laser-like focus on obeying God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's read First Samuel chapter 12, verse 14. If you will fear the Lord and serve Him and obey His voice mm-hmm. and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if both you and the king, mm-hmm. now this is the king that mm-hmm. they rebelled mm-hmm. and got the king. And this is the fruit of their rebellion. You yeah. and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God. It will be well. Mm-hmm. So this is Samuel's prophetic promise that if they would obey God, God would take their sin mm-hmm. and redeem it into something positive. Mm-hmm. Now, in when when humans do this, we might take a horrible situation and make the best of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But usually that means you're kind of walking crippled or mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But in God's way, he doesn't just kind of turn it a little bit good. He mm-hmm. actually he actually redeems this for something spectacular mm-hmm. beyond imagination. Yeah. So let me put it this way Asking for a king was huge sin. Mm-hmm. And they got Saul, and if you know anything about Saul, he was a bad king. <laughs> yeah. But think about this. How did David redeem this? Or how did God redeem? I just told you. How yeah. did God redeem this thing? Yeah, with I mean, actually turn it around into something amazing. Yeah, with David. With David, who then eventually became Jesus. Yeah, it's true. Ultimately, ultimately, yeah. God turned this thing around to... Son of David. The son of David, yeah. who became Jesus, our eternal... Yeah redeemer for two thousand years and mm-hmm. counting who redeemed all of man's past and mm-hmm. all of man's future. Wow. So that is the level when 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 we genuinely repent, God will take something just as an ultimate failure and redeem it into something that is like massively mm-hmm. redemptively good, right? So okay, so describe a time when you made an anti-God, anti-faith, anti-trust, anti-Holy Spirit choice, <laughs> <laughs> but God redeemed it into something good. You got anything that comes to your mm-hmm. mind?
0: I don't. Why don't you go first? <laughs> Let me think here for a
1: second. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good uh, a good example. <laughs> well, um, I, I've I've made my share of anti-God, anti-faith, mm-hmm. anti-trust, and anti-Holy Spirit um, choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the deepest ones mm-hmm. was, I still remember it, I was a young man, mm-hmm. college, and I was in a Christian bookstore, which was a very rare mm-hmm. thing back in those days. Mm-hmm. And my friend handed me a plaque of Jesus uh, welcoming a man into heaven, mm-hmm. hugging him. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit rushed upon me at that moment. Mm-hmm. But I had a knowing If I allowed it, Mm. I was going to melt on the floor, Mm. and I was in a public place, and I was Mm. too embarrassed. So I verbalized a no to the Holy Spirit, Mm. and I resisted, and three times he came upon me, Mm. and three times I verbalized a no, Mm. and then he lifted. Mm. Of course, then you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what did I just (laughs) do? What did I just do? (laughs) And so... A Peter, a Peter moment. It was a Peter... It was mm-hmm. like, this is bad. Mm. So then for years, I wondered if I had, you know, Lord, is the anointing on my life crippled? Is, mm. it, is it all these things? And then I was at a conference where um, thousands of people, mm. and we're just tarrying in the Lord, waiting, praising, mm. and worshiping. Mm. And that same Holy Spirit... Who was in that store Mm. came and said hey i'm here again if you say yes
0: Mm.
1: you're gonna melt Mm. so it's gonna be messy Mm. and you're gonna melt you're gonna lose control yeah so what's your decision this time (laughs) (laughs) well i had years to prep for this thing yeah (laughs) yeah and i said yes and it was a melting experience yeah um, and uh, a total loss of control mm. um, and uh, emotional control is what I'm talking about. It's mm. a, it was a melting yeah. um, where you just you lose all dignity. You, mm. That's usually a price you're going to have to pay for the Holy Spirit, by the way, is yeah. you're going to lose some dignity. Yeah. Um, that launched most of the miracle ministry we enjoy today. Mm. That's awesome. Honestly. That's awesome. I think that was 2013-ish. Mm. That launched, the and, and the best way I can describe it is we went from experiencing five miracles a year mm. of cr- of crazy healing mm-hmm. instantaneous miracles to you know a couple of week mm. i mean you know what i'm saying yeah. and and when we go on missions our mission board 500 healings on this mission trip mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing yeah that was that really is all back to that one moment where wow. god reversed the no into wow. a yes yeah for me yeah uh i've always been driven um I'm kind of a chill
0: personality, but I'm, I'm driven in the direction that I want to go. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've always known what I wanted. And so I remember I did an internship and there was nothing inherently wrong with the internship. Um, but I was in a situation where I was saying no to where I knew I was supposed to go, Mm -hmm. um, and the direction I was supposed to go. And finally, uh, the guy that was overseeing that internship, that they actually offered me a job after when I was done. And there mm-hmm. was a significant amount of money attached to it. Um, and as far as a pastor's career goes, it would be like me jumping to the top of a mountain mm-hmm. um, without having to go through all the steps. You know, it sounds silly now that I'm saying it uh, where I'm at now. But you know, a lot of uh, college students have this perspective of, well, I'll be at this church for three years. And then this next church for three years and you're slowly climbing a mountain in your mind of well when i get to the, when i'm a pastor of a you know thousand member church or a two thousand member church that's when i'll arrive and so i had that in me and i was making decisions to go along that path mm-hmm. and finally the leader of that internship you know holy spirit had been speaking to me this whole time and i was just resisting but finally the leader of, of that internship who would have been more than happy for me to go that path finally said You're either going to be a guy who is, and the other part of this was I was putting my relationship with my now wife at risk. Mm -hmm. And so you can either be the guy that has a ministry career, making a decent amount of money and looking back on your life, disappointed that you went this way, or you can give up the money and what you believe is the career. And you can choose to have a happy relationship with your wife. Cause he, he looked at it and he was like, this is the girl you're supposed to marry. It was it was no question for him. Mm -hmm. And he said, or you can go that path and know that you listen to God now, Mm -hmm. even though you don't get to see what the rest of it is going to look at. You look like you get to say yes to God now and and move from there. And so he gave me the courage to make the right decision. Um, Now, I did have to work through some of the no's that I said along the way. Mm -hmm. um, But God redeemed those. Yeah.
1: And so he um, will redeem them. Yeah. Always. I've seen situations and, and for a pastoral leader or anybody who wants to become a disciple, really that's God saying, The first test I need to give you is will you follow the God of Mammon mm. and chase the money? Yeah. And ask Jesus to chase yeah. you, which he won't. Yeah. Or I mean the, or will you follow Jesus mm-hmm. and make the God of Mammon mm-hmm. kneel mm-hmm. and then make the God of Mammon yeah. give up the money? Yeah. See?
0: Well and really the the main question that was being pushed at me now that looking back on it is, do you want to be in control or do you want God to be in always. control? I always. Mean, that's the e- this is the easiest way to say it for anybody, um, whatever situation, you know, people that are listening, whatever situation that you've experienced, that's really what it comes down to mm-hmm. is, do you want to be in control or do you want God to
1: be in control? It seems to me that in America, the test of money is always the first test of discipleship. Mm-hmm. It seems like mm-hmm. if, if you don't follow God in your money, you won't follow him in, in area, any mm-hmm. area. It, now overseas, I don't see that as much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe that's the test of witchcraft or whatever, mm-hmm. but over here, you know, the God of Mammon is, is our principality power ruler and darkness yeah. in this country. And so it seems like the first test of discipleship yeah. is always money in this country. Yeah. And, um, if you don't follow God and your money, you mm-hmm. won't follow him at all. Period. Yeah. You know, you're not a disciple. Yeah. Well, and it's the, it's the shift of, you know,
0: there's nothing wrong with having financial security or it, even oh, large oh, yeah. financial security. Well,
1: more so really what the principle is. Just don't chase it. Chase yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus loves to make yeah. the God of mammon kneel mm-hmm. and deliver the cash over. Yep. It's yep. just got to be done by chasing Jesus, not Absolutely. him. Absolutely.
0: Right? Absolutely. And, you know, for a lot of people, and maybe this is for people my age, you know, you think you've got to grind and you have to be in control. Well, you don't need a bunch of zeros at the end of your bank account for God mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to bless you and to to take care of you. You don't need that. Yeah. Um, Now it's okay if you have that and if you get that, but you don't need that. Your security needs to be in God. Yeah. Um, And so that's what that's the big thing that I
1: learned. Here's an interesting closing story. So, um, so a few weeks we're pre-recording, so it'd be a few weeks back. We had Mike and Jeannie Ware in, and Mike's story is he was a State Farm insurance agent, which back in the day meant every banker is recruiting you because you're going to be wealthy. You're going to be the you're going to be the kind of guy they want as a client. Okay. So he was a state farm uh, agent and he the Lord started talking to him about becoming a pastor mm-hmm. and they got into a good argument about it. <laughs> and his story is that he said, Well, what finally with the way the Lord got him to say uncle was, you know, in the time that it's taking us to argue about this, there's been a thousand people <laughs> that died and went to hell. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> And that was the moment he said, "I I yield," and so he yielded, and he left the left that agency. And mm-hmm. then um, people said he was crazy. But then he went and started a church from scratch in mm-hmm. Denver, Colorado, and had no money. And so, um, but d- this is illustrating your story. Mm-hmm. So his dog got sick. Mm-hmm. And he took to the dog the vet, and it was a couple hundred dollar bill, as we know dogs can be. Always,
0: it's always two hundred dollars.
1: He didn't have two hundred dollars. He had no money, no income. Starting a church, he got nothing. Church planners. I mean, if you're a church church planner, start with nothing. Yeah. And so he, um, so so then out of that, he said, "Uh, "We can't have this kind of outgo." So he had a little conversation with his dog. And what he said was to his dog, you're going to have to have more faith because this is your last trip to the vet. Now his testimony is that the rest of his raising of his children, now he raised a couple of children and and the dog never passed in medical bills that $200 that the dog for that dog vet.
0: That's crazy.
1: You don't have to have money. Yeah. You just have to have to have the favor of the it's Lord. True. See what I'm saying? It's true. Uh, now, it could go the other way. The Lord could give you the money to yeah, get a treatment. Absolutely. I'm just saying it, it, the, the, the game is about following yeah. Jesus, yeah. not building security for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Thank you for joining us today. At Abundant Life Church, we believe that through community in small groups and encounters with Jesus, you will have growth. Visit Abundant.us to learn more about ALC and how to join a small group. You can also join us on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. in person or at 1045 in person or on our YouTube with our live stream community.